Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? De Niro B here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Stephen Bates. Stephen is a business coach that helps ambitious entrepreneurs who know they are underperforming. He founded his business Certain Change in 2002, but he started his career as a physiotherapist about 27 years ago. And he noticed that about 40% of his patients didn't take his advice and didn't get better. He then became fascinated with why people wouldn't help themselves and that question pushed him to become a life and business coach. Today, we'll talk about high performance, procrastination, business, and a lot more. So let's get right into it. So Stephen, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you so much for inviting me. Really pleased to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to really talk about your business, which is so fascinating that uh, you have a business that's almost 20 years old, which is not a crazy amount of years for a normal business. But considering that you that you work even in, uh, on the internet, really, like I, I really want to know more about that story. But before we get there, Stephen, can you tell us more about what got you to uh, become an entrepreneur? Hey, that's that's a that's a great place to start because when I had my first business, um, I started as a physical therapist uh, twenty eight years ago, and. Um, I, I thought I was. I thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. I was really good at what I did, but um, I started my first business after being employed. I did my studying, became a physical therapist. I earned more money than I had ever earned in my life. Had more control of my time. Um, all the things entrepreneurs want. And then I uh, had a client who was a very successful entrepreneur, who pointed out that actually I didn't have a business. I had a self-employed job. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just thought, ah, oh, delete the expletive. Um, he's right, and, and that's because I I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't. Uh, my 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 parents were you know one was a policeman, one was a teacher. There was no such thing as entrepreneurs in my family, so I didn't even know what that word was. I just knew that I hated being employed by other people, and. Yeah. I wanted, you know, the usual things. I wanted to be in control of my own life and my income and get rewarded for um, my hard work and my use of my brains. So I did that and got my first job, um, that, which was I thought was a business, as I said. And then I realised, yeah, he's right. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get sick pay. Uh, I don't earn while I'm on holiday. Um, it's a, it's, it's a lot better than what I used to do. But and I'm glad I did it. But 
Um, that was my first introduction to being an entrepreneur, yeah. um, which really opened my eyes because I had no clue. But what got me into creating certain change was, um, and this is this is my speciality going into the two things that I really specialize in, mm-hmm. is that um, as a physical, physical therapist, a physiotherapist in the UK, physical therapist, usually the other side of the pond, mm-hmm. the... When I used to give advice, which you would call coaching, um, to my clients and say, hey, stop doing this, do these exercises, do these stretches, don't sit in front of your computer for eight hours. Um, What I noticed that a large amount of people, and I think it's about 40%, that's the number I've sort of seen, 40% of people didn't take my advice. Wow. So they came in in acute physical pain. They couldn't. Pick up, couldn't pick up their kids. They couldn't walk hardly. Um, they couldn't go to work. They were losing money. They had to pay me to help them, and they were happy that I was doing that. And they were they were getting better. But when I gave them advice to how to speed it up, yeah. so they could get better faster, a lot of people took my advice, got better faster, but a lot of people didn't. Wow. And they didn't do what they knew was useful for them to do. And when I asked them, um, so have you done it? I got three main answers. Oh, I did a bit and then, and then I forgot. Or I was busy. And yeah. my favorite answer yeah. was, uh, and they didn't know why they hadn't done it. <laughs> so this is, this is what me, made me pivot. This, and this was within, I don't know, two years after starting up, really, that I pivoted in my thinking to think what is going on and the, the big question that really changed my life was if we do this when we're in acute physical pain i mean yeah. really highly highly motivated yeah. if we do this in this situation when and where else do we do it in the rest of our lives yeah and the answer is everywhere we do it with yeah. our finances yeah. we do relationships we do it with our health we do it with our work we do it with our business and that's what sent me down the rabbit hole of, of looking to looking why, because people talk about procrastination. They talk about um, losing confidence or not, not doing the things that we want to do as uh, an entrepreneurs. I like working with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial people within business um, because they're usually highly motivated. They're usually driven. They have this desire yeah, to do something yeah. and, but then they put the brake on. So I, I, I liken it very similarly. It's like people I work with are people who've got almost like two halves of their, their brain arguing. Yeah. I can do this. I deserve this. I deserve this pay. I can start this business. I can work with that level of client. I can. It's okay to promote myself and tell people how good I am versus the other side that says, hey, you're not good enough. That's arrogant. You don't deserve that amount of money. You can't go for that role or that job. You can't work with that level of person. Who are you? So I work with the argument and that's what really fascinated me 20, you know, yeah. 20 a lot years ago. And, and, and that's, that's what got me going into really looking at the controlling system we have, our brain on our behaviors. And that's what fascinates me. A hundred percent. It sounds like, um, it, it sounds like a very interesting business model uh, to be in, 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 in the early 2000s. Uh, there's there's several programs now, and there were a few back in the day as well. I can think of Bob Proctor, which, by the way, just passed away mm. not that long ago. Yeah, which is unfortunate. So, yeah. Um, February third. Um, 
But I wanted to know more about the way you built this business. You said that before you were basically, you know, self-employed. Um, and so trading time for money, I'm assuming, and, and, and just mm-hmm. doing almost everything on your own. And then you yeah. had this, this, this change where you decided to build an actual business. So this, again, was 2002 for those listeners uh, that are just you know, listening right now to the podcast. Can you tell us what the steps you took back then, what type of marketing, marketing you were doing and how you were fulfilling your services? Ah, well, that's the interesting thing because um, while I was looking at what I was doing, when I, when I was being a physio and starting off in coaching, if we're going to call it that, mm-hmm. um, I didn't hardly do any marketing because I was good at what I did. I had re- referrals coming left, right, and center. I was fully booked and busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I started working with business people and uh, then companies started, you know, uh, being interested. And I started looking at the things that then come after um, getting rid of what I call a sabotage thing. And then I had to realize, well, there's this thing called marketing out there because Marketing back then <laughs> used to be um, local directories because it was a very geographic business, even though I had people, you know, yeah. coming to me from across the country, yeah, over the, sure. all over the UK, even though people from abroad coming over who were told by friends. But it was all just very local, um, you know, put adverts in the, the yellow pages and, you know, I don't know what you call them over where you are, but, yeah, but yeah, you know, yellow just, pages, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sort yellow of stuff. Pages, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just, so that's what it was. It was just um but in terms of in terms of what got i was good at what i did but the the first thing i did was i just explained more to people Mm -hmm. about why so i think the thing that made the big difference for me originally was i explained to people and i spent more time explaining to people what was going on so they felt more reassured they didn't feel like they were in a factory of come in have an appointment go back out go go, have an effect you know come in Mm -hmm. go back out and i think that made a big difference and but I didn't realize that at the time because when I came to start looking at my uh, the new business, I knew nothing about marketing. And that's when I realized I was sabotaging myself and blocking myself. And I was one of the 40% mm-hmm. because I hated marketing. And um, to be honest, to this day, I still don't like it very much. Um, that's why I had my team do it. But um, I definitely had a um, mistrust of marketing and marketeers especially mm-hmm. because back then all they all these marketeers wanted to seem to do was just design me a new website and give me new fonts and colors on my business card so mm-hmm. i i sabotaged my business for a long time because i wouldn't embrace marketing so um the, the change came when i realized i was doing that myself and then realized why i was stopping myself from doing that i don't know if that answered the question but that's it, it, the, the thing that changed it was allowing myself to be known, which is strange because I like doing the work, but yeah. I didn't want to be known, which is a bit of a <laughs> bit of a problem in business, really. But yeah. it's a it's a big one for many people. Yes, a hundred percent. Flying under the radar is no good marketing plan for sure. Yeah. Um, but um, so I actually want to know. Now, how big is your business after all these years? Um, do you operate? You, we were talking actually before we started recording about you having projects both in the UK as well as in, in the United States. So can you tell us how the business is structured um, and what you're currently doing? Yeah, so I, I have 
I'm a core business in the UK, which is certain change, but I've just started a new business with a partner, um, which is called Tech Leaders. Um, so JVing, uh, joint venturing with people. And the one of the things I, I noticed, is that one member of my team said something interesting uh, a little while ago. She said, they said, most people don't realize how valuable what you do is until after they've done it. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things I looked at was how do I do what I do without actually um, making it the primary product? Mm -hmm. So the primary product for tech leaders, which is a, a new company we started in, in the US, is to help um, software um, uh, products be created in a way that actually deals with a lot of the problems that currently happen in the software market, where mm -hmm. a lot of people... Um, they hire engineers, they're looking for a, a founding CTO or, or a CTO to help them build um, these amazing products, uh, SaaS products, or whatever. Um, but what they don't necessarily have is the people skills and the communication and the organizational skills to actually do this quickly and efficiently, especially when uh, you're working with a lot of people with a, a very strong technical background because mm -hmm. they spend a lot of time being very, very good at what they do in terms of their technical skills, but often, and it's sometimes a cliche, but even the people in the, in the, the tech world will say it, is they haven't spent much time doing much with people skills, understanding mm -hmm. people. So uh, the, the project I'm really focused on at the moment is, is getting tech leaders into a good place um, where we provide, I provide the people skills for the people in the programs. Mm -hmm. So they can communicate better with the, with the project owner. They can work better with their teams. And that makes for a more efficient uh, build of the product. Yeah. So that's what I'm focused. So in terms of um, I have people in the UK that work remotely with me, but it's also having a team in the US and all across the world. So it's um, having that, you know, the hybrid way of working. It's quite, quite common in, in the in the tech world but becoming more common now post covid yeah but it's it's about communication it's it, it's about understanding people and if you can if you can understand how people are motivated and what makes them tick um what they don't like to do uh, how to influence them this is this is core leadership and management skills mm -hmm. and this is what i bring to the project but also to the company as a whole that's that's my focus at the moment. That's something I'm really excited about at the moment, building that up. Nice yes. to have something new after so many years as well. Yeah, for sure. It sounds all so exciting. Um, just about to finish a book myself, and it, and it was actually talking about people skills and how they important uh, how important they are. I have a uh, coaching program for CPAs where we one, mm -hmm. one of the things that we really spend time on is is really build those uh, soft skills that uh, sometimes uh, they they lack. It's, and it's only about you know, not only about, uh, you know, the managing side, but also the sales side of the business, because a lot of them, Absolutely. They, they could get so many bigger clients, CFO service yes. clients, fractional CFO services. But unfortunately, because they're stuck on, you know, the, uh, they tend to be left brain. Um, and so meaning like at the end of the day, they're all about structure, about numbers, but they kind of uh, miss this, this entire other area that is absolutely yes. crucial to running a business and scaling a business properly. Um, Absolutely. 
in source. Can I say something on what you just go said, ahead, though? Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. You said the word soft skills. And I remember with my new partner, we had this big, big conversation. And I said, I hate that, how this is all called <laughs> soft skills. Because if you've ever had to manage a group of people and, and, or lead them or know the difference between the two, some people are more natural leaders. Most entrepreneurs are more natural leaders than they are managers. Yeah. And they may... Um, and one of the things is when if you can tell, you know, one of the things I love doing is teaching entrepreneurs how to um, how to manage. And they often bristle because their egos are uh, a little bit. Oh, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I've built this company to this certain size. And but most most entrepreneurs are mar- far better at innovation and leading than they are at managing. But it's the thing that stops their businesses from growing. And as you said, when you've got a, a solopreneur, yeah. this is those skills are often missing but they're not soft skills because if human beings are the most complicated animals on the planet and mm. if you think that those skills are soft i always say the money's where the management is yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. When I mean soft, you're, you're totally right. And, and it is uh, almost like a controversial kind of word to use. Um, yeah. I, I was just opposing them to, you know, the quote unquote hard skills, the ones that you can really measure yes. with poss- possibly like a test exactly, or something yeah. like that, uh, that can be grasped. And, and that's why sometimes are easily grasped. Whereas uh, when, you know, there's a bad manager or someone that could be a better manager, you can't pinpoint what it is. You can't figure out what it is. But then at the end of the day, like there is something odd about that relationship that uh, that the team or whatever that manager is running. Um, Absolutely. Steve, I wanted I to talk you. about, uh, I wanted to ask you, um, in the past 20 years, you had this experience, this amazing uh, history with your, with your business. Uh, if you were to look back, what were maybe one or two, uh, I wouldn't say mistakes, but things that you think may have slowed down the process, the, the growth process of your business and how it, did your business and life change once you figured them figured them out and, and you kind of worked on them? Oh, um, definitely the first one is the marketing, as we've spoken about already. Okay, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I needed to get my head around that much earlier. Uh, the other one is is going from that solopreneur to what I call business leader. Um, so getting a team, mm-hmm. but it's not just getting the team and you know having the right team and the right people in the right skills, but it's also so many entrepreneurs don't move away from thinking like a solopreneur, even though they have a team. Mm-hmm. So that's so even though this is what I do. Um, it's still remembering to live. And this is my favorite word. When I'm working with my clients around this, it's about creating leverage. It's the most important thing um, a business owner can do is create leverage through the skills and the time of the people. And I always say, you know, the the classic thing is you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Yeah. Everyone hears this, you know, this is an entrepreneur. I can always make more money. You can't make more time. And solopreneurs run out of time. Yep. But so do business leaders who don't learn how to lead and manage. Yes. And this is the thing. It's not, it's not you get a team, it's you leverage them because a business leader can create more time as well as making more money. And actually leveraging the time of their people is how they give time back for themselves to do yes. what is more valuable, the most valuable thing they can do. So I don't call it strengths and weaknesses. 
I just look at people and go, you're most valuable doing this. You're most valuable doing that. You're most valuable doing this. Yeah. And it's, and, and it, and then I suppose the third thing that I would say um, I had to learn, which I, I see a lot with my clients is redefine what your definition of work is. All right. Okay. Should I explain that? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting for you my to go ahead. <laughs> Okay. I was listening to one of your other podcasts and, and, and one of the person said, you know, they came out of school with, you know, um, you know, almost like they're bored at school. Most entrepreneurs often get bored at school. They want to move faster. They want to do because the most of our schooling system and our work system is to do what you're told to do between a certain amount of time and do it in a certain way. Yeah. So we get we get rewarded or most people get rewarded for doing something in a certain amount of time to a certain standard and that's exams that's schooling that's homework so we get highly trained in this yeah entrepreneurs don't think like that but what they do is they still get you know when they're especially when they're starting they do all the hours you know you give up a nine-to-five job because you could then so you can then work 22 hours a day you know so yeah. you, you do this because you want to see the benefits but especially moving from solopreneur to business leader it's redefining your work so you're not it's not the physical activities you do it's the use of your brain to create the right tasks for your team so they can do that work yeah. and then the higher up you go you bring more people in who can think yeah. so it's it's your your job as a as a business leader is to be able to think, think. your job your work is thinking to leverage the people and the, the systems and the equipment you buy or whatever it happens to be. Yes. Absolutely. And most of us are so highly trained to do, we forget that thinking is the most valuable work you can do. And then you go and do the things, physical things that you're most valuable at. Absolutely. There's so many takeaways, especially from yeah the second and third, because we already talked about marketing. But so the second thing you talked about, uh, now, hold on. I got excited with the third one. So now I got to go back. <laughs> uh, we were talking about, um, building a team, pardon, building a team early. Don't, don't wait to, yeah, to yeah exactly. Team. The great thing that you said was, you know, you can be a business leader. Like there's, there's a big difference between just being a solopreneur and, and, and just, you know, having a team and actually being a business leader, because people think that as long as they have two or three people that are working for them, now they're automatically not a solopreneur anymore, but there's so much more to it. You are 100% right. Actually, yeah. if you're not a good manager, you're probably going to end up having to spend time managing people and then doing the work yourself because they didn't do yeah. a good job because you couldn't lead them. So in a way, exactly. once you have a team, uh, you need to get smarter and faster at processing all the information and prioritizing your schedule. And so I think that's that's an amazing aha moment for people that are listening and they may already have one or two VAs or something or, mm. or some salespeople. But, you know, if you don't elevate your point of view and you actually become a business leader and you're able to leverage other people's time, uh, that's when really like the true freedom uh, and, yes. and, you know, and, and more time uh, happens. And then the second thing that I really liked was when you were um, talking about the third point, can you just remind me again what it was so that I can quickly remind myself? <laughs> <whatever>? <laughs> um 
Oh, redefi redefining, redefining work. Finding your definition of work. Yes. It ties hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. And what we talk about also with our coaching program is always, you know, your first hours in the day uh, when you wake up, it doesn't really matter when you wake up, but when you wake up, just focus on the things that are very important, move your business forward. There's people that work 10 hours a day and maybe they're just sending, you know, emails one by one to prospects or something mm. like that. And at the end of the day, maybe they sent out like 15 emails who were very busy, you know, uh, yeah. there's someone else that took 10 minutes to think about the perfect template, hired someone to send out this message out. And they have done literally three times the amount of work in 10 minutes than someone that maybe spent 20 hours sending one email after the other. Um, and it's absolutely true. And what I also love what he said, you know, he said, uh, people need to think more. I think that's really, really, really true. Um, I had uh, best-selling author Nirial on my podcast uh, last year, and he told me, and he's like, "The only secret to beating your competition is thinking, because most comp most of your competitors are probably not doing that." <laughs> and I, I think say, Henry Ford, as a quote, said, "You know, um, not many people. Something like this. Not many people th thinking is hard. That's not why so many people don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah." <laughs> Because it, thinking thinking means you have to take a risk. Thinking means that you have to be creative. And this is when people say, um, well, I'm not creative. But entrepreneurs are innovators. Yeah. Um, not all innovators are entrepreneurs. So you can hire great innovators, but they won't think entrepreneurially about your business. And this is why a lot of things go wrong in businesses, because it, usually they've only got one entrepreneur at the top, especially as a business are going from solo to bigger. So how many people are um, entrepreneurial thinkers? How many people do you need to make the money? And how many people do you need to service the clients? And how many people do you need to... So all this thinking is really essential if you're going to get, get the return out of how smart you are or how good you are at what you do. Absolutely, absolutely. See, and it was great having you on the show. Before you go, though, I wanted to ask, are you working on anything exciting that you want to share with our audience? Uh, I'm well, like I said, the thing that I'm really buzzed about at the moment is creating this uh, new yeah. company and hopefully we've got our um, first co big contracts coming through very, very soon. Um, so if you are, you know, if you are uh, someone who entrepreneurial knows not getting the best out of your team or uh, getting in your own way, that's what I do all day. But if you are, if you've got a great idea for um, a SaaS product and you have funding, you're ready to go, but you need an engineering team. And then, then get in touch. For sure, for sure. Stephen, when can people find you online? I'm sure they want to know more about you. Um, LinkedIn, Stephen, Certain Change. And uh, just my email is stephen at certainchange.co.uk. Perfect. Stephen, again, thanks a lot for being on the Remote CEO Show. I'm looking forward to having you back in the future and enjoy the rest of the day. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. And this is it for today's CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again, and I will talk to you again soon.